Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tying all this back, I think the big thing is quality over quantity. So think about that. Quality over quantity. It's better to do. Welcome to Game Dev Advice, the game developers podcast. Your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call, 224-484-7733, or go to the gamedevadvice.com. Dot com website. So let's kick things off with the new game dev advice. Hey everyone, I'm going to do something very different. Today's episode comes from a presentation I put together for Chicago's DePaul University and Josh Sway, previously interviewed on this show, who runs the Jarvis Student Center for Innovation and Collaboration. This is geared towards students trying to get their first role in the game industry. Uh, or even people just wondering how to get started. I'll discuss the initial steps around the hiring process, including resumes, applying for jobs, first interviews, skills slash aptitude tests, and share a bunch of resources in the show notes. Preface, these are my opinions as one person recruiting in the game industry. Don't take it as gospel. Your mileage may vary. And this does not represent my employer. It's just my opinions from over the decades. It's also mostly from double or triple A game development. So that's another thing to take into account. And it's very North American centric. And considering there's 70 plus countries listening to the show, I just want to call that out. All right, let's get started. Your resume and the job description. Think, how am I going to solve their need when you look at that job description? Job ads get posted because there's a need, there's a pain point, there's a deadline. So focus on how your uh, you know, education and experience can solve that pain. Not getting into talking about what you want, any of those kind of things. Put yourself in the studio's shoes. Resumes. Here's a bunch of do's. Do. Keep as a one-page resume that's clean and professional. It's focused, no fluff, easy to read. No clever or quirky or artsy formats, and especially no typers or grammar errors. It's important, and there's lots of online tools and people you can use as a second set of eyes, so take all those into consideration. Have an embedded link to your portfolio and or website with great, fantastic work posted from school and or personal projects. Um, this is super critical, and I'm going to talk about this more. Also, save your resume as a PDF for uploading. It's easy to read on any device. And increases the odds that the ATS applicant tracking system can preview the resume. And I've occasionally seen where you can't preview it and it confuses hiring managers because you can't see it and you have to go and manually download it. 
So save it as a PDF. Resume strategies. Create your best baseline version of a resume and then tweak and save variations that could fit different roles better. You shouldn't lie, but you can uh, reprioritize bullet points and tweak your summary to match the job description better. So again, create that baseline version and then create mildly tweaked variants off of that. Get into some of the don'ts or maybe shouldn'ts around a resume. Don't try to be cute or creative. Share your creativity in the interviews. This is a business document. Uh, speaking of business documents, no hey or howdy. That's just too informal. It's too silly. Let's keep it a business document. Remember, there's a pain to be solved. Don't go beyond one page, as mentioned earlier, especially the first part of your career and first decade or so of your career. Don't have a game designer at the top of your resume if applying for a programmer or assistant producer role. That confusion creates friction. The last thing you want is friction. I also advise against being a slasher. And what that means is game designer slash artist slash producer slash programmer slash sound designer. It kind of comes off as a uh, jack of all, master of none, especially for AAA or, or bigger studios where they're focusing on something specific. But maybe this is okay for indie. So, again, this is a shouldn't, not a hard and fast rule, and your mileage may vary. Some other don'ts or shouldn'ts. Opinion, personally, no headshots. Um, it's, I don't know, I prefer not to have that. Just keep it clean and and not getting any headshots um and i and another thing that's really important no personal information like marital status family height weight um i've seen this it's not appropriate and do not include that and don't refer to yourself in the third person john is a dedicated and ambitious it's kind of cringy so stay away from that uh and here's an opinion you know, don't use a .edu email address. It makes it seem more junior. Uh, just get a Gmail address and use that for everything and even tie it back to your resume and, and make sure your name's on that Gmail and make it clear when matching things up between a resume and an email address. It's the same person. And, you know, along those lines, don't have different names between your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and your email address so that people have to guess, well, this means that. Like, it's keep it consistent. Um, you don't want that confusion or friction. Now getting into portfolios and websites, a brief overview. Everyone needs one. A resume is not enough in this market for most roles. Um, artists, just get a free art station site and post your best work, including breakdowns, wireframes, videos, etc., on how you created things, not just shiny renders. People want to see the process. They want to know that you know the process. So um, end results are to have amazing renders, but then show the breakdown and how you got there. Designers have a website with a link to a playable demo or demos, screenshots, design docs, things like that, especially stuff that you can see and play. Um, that goes a long way. Programmers have a website, again, with a link to a demo or demos, embedded link to your GitHub, sample code, things along those lines. For producers, it's not as critical, but a website with like documents, Google Sheets, screenshots from project management software, 
and a link to a well-created LinkedIn profile is great to have. And, and speaking of LinkedIn, everyone needs a LinkedIn profile. It serves as a uh, online resume and you need a good one. So I'm not going to get into those details, but spend time with it, search online, find strategies for how to have a nice professional LinkedIn profile. Again, this is business, so keep it business focused. And you know, along the lines for all these different things, especially around the portfolio and the websites, put in the work, right? This is key because that's going to be something that uh, is used to evaluate if, if someone's going to be going to a screening interview. So you really need to put in the work. You know, don't rush it just to check the box and say, hey, I got it done uh, and do it half-baked. It only hurts your chances of making it past the resume review stage. And while it's the best time to be out there looking for jobs in terms of tools and education and software, it's also hyper, hyper competitive right now. So it's both a, you know, a blessing and a curse, but um, put in the work, have a great portfolio, have demos, have stuff up there, have a website if you're not having a portfolio, but put in the work. I can't stress that enough. Why? Why do all this stuff? Recruiting is busy. Um, companies are very busy, especially recruiting. And you know, here's an example. Like I posted a, a junior product manager role. Um, 992 resumes uh, came in, right? So you know, it was like a tsunami. So that's what everyone has to process on the other end. So kind of think of that, knowing that recruiting is busy. And I've heard that you have 17 seconds to make an impression. So think about that's as much time on average, and again, this is carved in stone, but for most people, that your resume is going to get to decide if you're going to keep reading more or go on to the next one. If your resume and portfolio slash website isn't matching up with most of the job requirements and or has typos and or has a you know rambling cover letter or rambling resume, you're going to get passed over because, again, it's a numbers game and there's all these resumes coming in. The bigger the studio, the bigger the or the more common and or the more common the um, title, the more resumes, the more competition. Your resume and portfolio slash website goal is one thing. Get a screening interview, right? That's the one thing. You want to get past that stage when all the filtering is being done. You want to get a screening interview and make it to that next stage. That's the singular purpose. Anything that doesn't contribute to that goal needs to be removed or changed. So laser focus on getting to the interview. Friction creates hesitation, which creates rejection. Remove friction. Decrease the odds of rejection in 17 seconds. Applying for jobs. Apply for jobs that are roughly in your range based on your education and experience. What I mean by that is, say you're a new grad, um, applying for, say, a senior role it's kind of a waste of everyone's time because it probably has six plus years experience, other things that you're not going to have. Uh, I'm not saying don't stretch, don't, don't go for ones that may be a bit out of your range, but be mindful of that. So new grads for senior roles doesn't make sense. Uh, a custom cover letter can help. You know, Tie it back to the job requirements and your experience with a few specific sentences and an overview of yourself. So those things... Think of it as um, icing on the cake. It's not going to guarantee or promise that you get an interview, but if someone's on the fence um, looking at the resume and then the cover letter, 
you know, addressed to the company that is accurate. And there's a few bullet points that tie back to the job description, tying to your experience that can help tip the scales in your favor. Uh, speaking of cover letters, generic cover letters. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Are pretty pointless. Uh, tying all this back, I, I think the big thing is quality over quantity. So think about that. Quality over quantity. It's better to do 20 thoughtful applications with uh, resumes that are tweaked and uh, ideally cover letters that tie back to the job description, tying to your experience versus blasting just one standard resume to 100 companies. In terms of uh, applying for jobs, Grackle HQ, which I'll have in the show notes, Grackle with a G, G G-R-A-C-K-L-E-H-Q is the best job aggregator site. Um, Bookmark it, use it, it scrapes the web. Every company's got their roles up there. You can search by title, by discipline, by location, and it's just fantastic one-stop shopping for jobs. Getting into before the interview, research the company, learn what they do, learn about their games, news, things in the press, um, what's going on. I'm shocked at how often this isn't done, and it just shows a lack of preparation and laziness. Everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket. There's no reason you can't spend 10, 15, 20 minutes before an interview looking and understanding the company more. Uh, Here's a tip. Do a quick LinkedIn search for the person you'll be speaking with if you know or can find out their name. Maybe there's a uh, common connection. You went to the same university or there's something, a shared connection between somebody else you know. That's always a good thing to do. And here's a big one. Prepare notes and responses to common interview questions, plus plan to speak about your portfolio website work and have examples of experience related to the role's requirements. So this gets back to the quality over quantity. And then practice, practice, practice. Um, I would always have notes together uh, for myself before interviewing with companies and talking with people, uh, looking at the job description, looking at my experience, and you know, common interview questions. You're, you're going to get asked those. And the more that you can practice and be able to talk to it comfortably without sounding like you're a robot reading from a script, um, that helps. Tip, have a few thoughtful questions prepared to ask the interviewer. It could be about the job, about the company, you know, things along those lines, but uh, they should make time for that. And it's smart because it shows you did your due diligence. Now I'm going to jump to during the interview. Be prepared, professional, curious, and personable. Just kind of think about those things. Prepared, professional, curious, and personable. Answer questions completely without rambling at length or just doing yes, no. Um, So you can say yes, but then cite an example without going on for five minutes or 10 minutes 
so there's a thread there you have to kind of needle uh, in terms of giving enough information um, without rambling like I'm doing here now, or just saying yes, no. If it's a video conference, sit at a desk with proper audio, video, and lighting in a quiet environment. This is important because it shows not just professionalism, but it helps with the communication process. And if it's a phone call, kind of treat it like a video conference. You know, quiet environment, have good audio, no noise in the background. Um, I've interviewed people and they think it's just a casual conversation. At some point, you hear water running in the background and it sounds like they're loading a dishwasher. Um, that's not smart. You can do that with your friends. You don't do that in a job interview. So treat the phone call just like you would a video. Be prepared and be in a quiet environment with good audio video. And then during the interview, you can weave in your questions uh, that you prepared or save at the end and ask politely, what's the next step? After the interview, send a thank you email to the person who interviewed you or set up the interview, if possible, thanking and recapping the discussion briefly. Um, this next one's critical. Do a fantastic job on the test you'll be sent if you pass the screening call. That's critical to move forward. Pretty much all roles will have some kind of aptitude or skills test. 3D artists will get a 3D art test, designer get a design test, engineering will do an engineering test, sometimes on an um, online platform like Codility, that's one I've used. And you know, be prepared for those and do a great job because, again, checking the box and just sending something back that's half-baked is not going to do you any good. So put in the work. Uh, follow the instructions exactly. Make it amazing, and then send it back by or before the deadline as instructed. And then after you send it back, just do a quick follow-up email to confirm it was received. Once you've completed it, uh, shows professionalism and making sure that everything was received on their end. And then set a reminder to follow up. You know, it could be six, seven, eight days uh, if you've not heard back. And just know the feedback may be delayed because um, not only is recruiting busy, but hiring managers are busy, so it could take time to get the feedback. I'm going to branch out at some other stuff here. Um, network, network, network. This is key, and there's ways of doing it online, and now with people coming back in person, there's uh, other options. So there's stuff like the IGDA, there's Discord groups, very powerful, uh, especially around different disciplines and different specialties. There's Slack groups, which I've seen and I've been part of a few. Um, it's obviously GDC, Game Developer Conference. Uh, expensive, but something that's also very useful. And maybe you can work or volunteer there to help offset some of the costs. And there's stuff online. There's like Twitter. There's LinkedIn groups. There's Reddit. There's meetup.com. I know like sometimes it'd be Unity groups or something tied through Meetup. But just be creative and look for ways to connect with people. Also be courteous and respectful of people's time. Don't expect everyone to reply to a cold outreach. Again, everybody's busy. And why is all this important? Because uh, making connections and being able to have people to contact about stuff will help you in the job market. And it's rare, but sometimes jobs never get posted at small companies. And there could be a pain point. We just need something and for this role. And hey, oh yeah, I know this person. They reached out. Their portfolio was cool. Let's talk to them. And maybe you get the job. I mean, it's rare. Um, it definitely doesn't have a big, happen for bigger companies. but um, I've heard about that happening before. Here's something different, an idea uh, beyond indie, double, or triple A game studios. There's all kinds of industries, 
I'm going to list off some of them here right now. ArcViz, which is architecture visualization, especially for artists. That can be a path for a job or a first job. There's immersive learning and training. There's stuff in the simulation space, whether it's medical or military or other industries. There's gambling slash gaming. There's software companies and hardware platforms, digital health companies, and video games for doctors. Just to do a plug here for Level X, we're creating our own genre, advancing the practice of medicine through play. If you'd like to learn more about these different kind of ideas and areas, I have a whole YouTube presentation um, I'll put in the show notes. It was put together a couple of years back for Game Dev Unchained, and I go into a lot of detail on all these different areas. So it's uh, another option worth checking out, and I'll have the link in the show notes. Okay, just to zoom out more, um, a topic I think about, talk about a lot. Change is here. Got two quotes for you. My interest is in the future because I'm going to spend the rest of my life there. That's from Charles Kettering. Um, the other one, more bluntly, is Adopt or Perish, H.G. Wells. And changes here. What do I mean by that? The explosion, underlined, bolded, of AI. Just think about how AI has changed everything here in the last four to six months. Then there's automation, there's robotics, there's global workforces, machine learning. Tons of new things are happening very fast. Um, jobs haven't been invented that will be in the future. Uh, you know, an example of that would be data analysts. Those didn't even exist when I graduated, and I've hired four of them. And then your education and work doesn't end after university or college. You know, learning new tools, engines, methodologies, techniques, etc. So you can improve your portfolio slash website. That's going to be an ongoing thing. It isn't a checkbox and then you're done. So this is only the beginning of your journey. And towards those points, again, you know, take online classes, do YouTube tutorials, listen to audiobooks, read books and articles, attend conferences, listen to podcasts like this, stay curious, and have a growth mindset. Bonus point, your health. Take care of yourself, both physically and mentally, especially during times like this. Establish good habits around work, personal projects, downtown, and sleep. You know, there's no point in being successful if you die from a heart attack in your 50s. That happened to me before interviewing somebody once in advertising, but that's another story. Okay, to wrap things up, I'm going to get into resources. You may all find these in the show notes, but here's a brief overview. Joe Hobbs Game Development Advice Contact List. Uh, it's a link to a whole bunch of different people that are willing to help people, uh, especially around portfolios and, and art things. You should also follow this person on Twitter. Grackle HQ, mentioned earlier. Game Dev Map, it's kind of like a Grackle HQ. Game Developer, the website was formerly Kamasutra. GDC has their own YouTube channel worth checking out. Unity has a blog. Unreal has a blog. 80 level, that's 80 LV. It's great for artists. Um, designer Notes is a good site for designers. Game Industry Biz, Game Industry News, both for what you would guess, game industry stuff. Breaking the Wheel is a great website. A friend of mine, Justin uh, Fisher, put that together for production. And then VentureBeat has GameBeat, which is kind of around industry stuff and what's going on with business deals and projects and cancellations and stuff like that. And then some plugs for my stuff. Um, Level X Careers website, just a uh, role for hiring for. My Patreon page for supporting the show or getting coaching help. I did an interview going back to the Graphics 16 days and talking about some other stuff. I got a link to that. And then that... Uh, 
careers beyond traditional game development for those industries like ArcViz and simulation and gambling and all those different things. I've got a different YouTube presentation I did for that. And then, of course, a lot of the stuff starts right at the website uh, for gamedevadvice.com. And yeah, that covers it. So hopefully you found this helpful. Check out the resources and good luck. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye.